0: Welcome to Forecast, the Foreshadow Podcast, which seeks to offer glimpses of heaven on earth through conversations about people's lives and work. In this, our second season, we are diving deeper into the concept of vocation. Our theme is called forth, vocation and faith, and the guiding questions we will consider are who are we called to become and what are we called to do? Though I'm confident we will never fully or universally answer these questions, I'm sure that we will glean something valuable from each of our guests. I'm Will Shine, co-host of Foreshadow Podcast, and today my guest is Ryan Weiss. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We have the distinct pleasure of living in the same city at the same time, which for reasons we might get into a little while later, is pretty awesome. Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're doing these days.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from San Diego, California, very close to where you are from as well. Um, that's where my journey started, and uh, now it has brought me to Athens, Georgia. Um, I'm a professor in the Biochemistry and Molecular Biology Department at the University of Georgia. So I, I have my own laboratory here at UGA, and woohoo, go dogs, go dogs! And uh, I also <laughs> teach a class, and uh, so that's the main thing I'm doing job-wise. Um, but I have a long line of many different jobs. It all started at Burger King. It's my very first job. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. good, solid. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> grew from there. And I played a lot of music uh, growing up. That's kind of how we met each other back in college. Right. Um, and so music has always kind of been intertwined with my life and kind of my passion and my journey. And it's kind of we it always weaves in and out of my life at different times. But it's kind of something that's always there, steady and. So, I'd say right now, you know, my main thing is I'm, I'm a professor, but more importantly, I'm a, a dad now, and I'm yeah. about to be dad to kid number two. Wow. And uh, I am a husband, and uh, in love and life overall. So, that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cards on the table. Once more, uh, today's guest, uh, Dr. Ryan Weiss, I should have said, <laughs> yeah. uh, is... Uh, is uh, another Point Loma <laughs> alumnus. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Yeah, oh, wait, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the, the network uh, runs deep, uh, yes. as we have found. Uh, uh, Point Loma finds itself all over the place and all over the map. And so it's cool that, again, myself also being a Point Loma alumnus, uh, I also happen to be in Athens, Georgia now at the same university, albeit uh, not working in the sciences, uh, but in music getting back to music, uh, that's sort of my next question, Ryan, tell us a little bit about, um, well, before I ask that, I'll say, and as I've said in previous episodes, foreshadow and forecast are, uh, if not arts oriented entirely, they're certainly arts adjacent. And, uh, uh, a lot of the people I've gotten to talk to in the past season and, um, um, And even into this season, have musical backgrounds. You alluded a little bit to that. Mm -hmm. But uh, tell us a little bit more about sort of your uh, musical practices, uh, your musical journey. Uh, You can, I mean, as as simply as what instrument you play or what instruments you play, but then also just a little bit about um, where music has intersected with your formation as a person, as you understand music to be an important part of your life, uh, as you just sort of said.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. So uh, I I think it all started. uh, My first instrument was the clarinet, actually. Wow. Back back in middle school. (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, well, if you count the recorder, it was the very, very first. Okay, got it, yeah. I was like, well, I need to take a step up to clarinet. Got it. it. So that's where I learned to read music. Oh, wow. And uh, I grew up around my music. My dad is a multi instrumentalist. He actually builds instruments now, but he plays many harmonica, guitar, bass ukulele mandolin everything so he was in a surf band when i was really little and that that was kind of we used to go see him play all the time so that was kind of etched in my brain as the first time i really heard that kind of music and saw my dad rock out which is pretty awesome nice so i kind of always wanted to play guitar but i ended up playing the clarinet and i liked it and i loved being able to learn how to read music and so that's kind of where it all started then i kind of got I was ready to move on to <laughs> something else at some point. I think Fair. it was when I had like a cold and I still had to practice <laughs> clarinet. Oh man. Yeah. That I was like, tricky. Oh, I do not want to do that. So that's why I moved on to, so I wanted to play guitar. Um, so my dad started to teach me and then I went and took some lessons and kind of got trained in rock music. That was kind of the backbone of how I learned guitar. Nice. And I kind of expanded from there and, um, and I think some of my first performances was actually starting to play worship music. Okay. So I was a worship leader. I played lead guitar, but then I also started leading worship uh, in high school. And, uh, so at high school and at church growing up. So that was kind of my first, like, my first band kind of experience, I guess.
0: Okay. I, that, that's awesome. So that you're the, the intersection of, of, um uh music and then like opportunities to play in some ways like so many other people you that that's platformed at the church or that that intersection happens yeah. in a sort of ecclesial space we might say yes um, very cool and that that makes sense then i guess uh, i think my first my first glimpse of you <laughs> that is, that might be a funny <laughs> way to say that my first yeah. like the first time i ever like encountered you yeah. was yeah. actually playing guitar i think in a praise and worship ensemble at point loma yeah i think yeah. it was my freshman year i think you're getting yeah, you a couple years ahead and yeah. you were playing on stage in brown chapel and yeah uh, that guy's playing the telecaster and seems yeah, cool yeah. still and, got it and yeah. doing, doing doing his thing uh and uh it was my first encounter and not not well I, I might misspeak a little bit but I didn't come from a tradition that really did that kind of music in and for and around church, so I was blown away. And then to see you doing what you were doing, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then to come to find out, you know, a couple years into that, or not, not long after that, that you're a part of this really cool rock band that's starting to, like, surge in uh, in and around our community, that was also very cool and and definitely, like, something I saw is going, wow, here's a guy who, uh, and at the time this mattered to me a lot, here's a guy who sort of lives in... Uh, multiple worlds, it seems. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I hadn't realized... I mean, I, I got to know who you were, and I think we got to be introduced pretty soon into my time at Point Loma, but it came to my attention that you were a science major <laughs> who was good at science and was good at guitar, was playing in praise and worship settings, and was in a sort of awesome rock band that was not playing in praise and worship settings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you straddled all of those fences... Tell us a little bit about what it's what it was like to sort of navigate that kind of space uh whether how you felt
1: uh
0: what the experience was like for you internally maybe but then also what you perceived as the sort of the external input that you that you had to navigate along with that
1: yeah i think like you said it was, it was many different worlds you know all you know, kind of wearing different hats you know because mm the rock and roll show at Casbah was a whole different thing than being on stage with worship, but, and it's very different than being in the lab. But I think if you talk to a lot of scientists, some of the, the, the big scientists that I look up to have these other sides to them, mm. whether they're artists or musicians or anything. And, mm. and, uh, I think it actually does play a yin and yang kind of thing. And you, you're using both parts of your brain and, and, Creativity is a huge part of science, so I think for me along the journey, uh, music has only helped me in kind of a being feeling fulfilled. Mm. I think uh, when I'm playing music is when I huh. ultimately just feel. I just feel like I I can express myself. Yeah, you know, it's a little harder to express yourself through that. Uh, yeah amplifying yeah amplifying <laughs> DNA or doing a CRISPR experiment yeah wow, you man, can man. express your, you express genes <laughs> yes, but yeah. uh, wow. but yeah. you know we it's, it's a good. little different a different yeah. type of expression right um, so yeah I think for me like music has always been that outlet to really like be creative and express and really connect with people yeah you because know, I'm very much a, like you as well are a very uh, personable outgoing, uh, outgoing person that, love, that feeds off being with with other people and creating with other people so yeah I think for me that was a big part of it so having all those things going on at the same time was really fulfilling I think and really just you know it just kept my brain sharp in all the areas or or just it challenged me in all the right ways I think that's very cool so that's why I've been trying to always keep that a part of life through these different chapters yeah and I know that can
0: be difficult to sort of continue like as as more hats come into the picture like as you said or more sort of Roles And we've talked about different sort of, uh, uh, applications and, and, and things that just, we dedicate ourselves to through the different episodes our guests have shared. And you mentioned at the beginning, you know, not only are you a professor, you know, sort of full-time scientist, musician, you're a dad, you're a husband, you know, these things start to stack up and Mm -hmm. all of them are sort of worthy,
2: uh,
0: uh, vessel is not the right word, but worthy locations of investment and you know pouring yourself yeah. into those things. And they rec- in, in many ways, we might say they require us to pour into them. For sure. How then they um, feed back into us, I think is also important. I think you kind of highlighted that in a very cool way. So I, I certainly appreciate how you sort of phrased that about sort of needing like, the, you being a multidimensional person, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And those, those different aspects of yourself flourishing sort of in different moments but you needing them to sort of flourish yeah to uh all of them are essential to who you are you know yeah
1: and like you said they come in and out but you know when they're not all in i definitely feel it you know and it's something that i always try to strive towards but mm-hmm. these different chapters as we get older and new things come up you you have to figure it out, yeah, you know, and, right. and figure out how you spend your time and how you put all these things that you really care about into, into different little compartments of life. And I think that you know, you can like rank them, but it's not really how it works, right? It's like different yeah. uh, responsibilities, you know, come and go and, and kind of you know float to the top, and you have to just take hold of that and, and go for it. at least that's how I have tried to approach it. Not perfectly at all, but yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. You know, it's like being a dad and a husband is the most important thing you know, out of everything, you know, but I didn't, back when I was rocking at the Casbah, that was not. Literally, um, he rocked the Casbah. No, no. Not many people can say that. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. So, yeah, but back then that wasn't really a thing. So, yeah. yeah, it's just, I think that's an interesting journey of life as, is that, how do you prioritize or how do you. How do you you know balance it all, but also still feel fulfilled and mm. feel like you're doing what you're called to do? You know, which I know you guys are talking a lot about. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a
0: great a great sort of pivot point then for us. Um, at some point, I mean, you do a, a lot of things really well, you know. I would say, and <laughs> uh, and um, and at what point have you ever felt called to any of those things, or have you? You know, can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I guess. As a professor, I think I kind of always maybe have I always enjoyed teaching a lot, um, and I get a lot of opportunities to do that throughout mm. my career. And I think maybe the calling part of that that I've always really enjoyed, or as I started doing it, I realized that I really loved it, or I felt like I was called to do it, mm. if, if you could say, it, is kind of enabling people to find their calling, or, or challenging people in a way, or, or Making something feel more attainable to people, you know. That's very good. Cool. Even if I don't know, you know, how to be a medical doctor, how to enable people, or um, I don't know if that's the right word, but to try to encourage people to to reach out to those things that they couldn't, they'd never imagined. You know, right? I never imagined I was going to be a professor, honestly. You know, or have my own lab or live in athens georgia (laughs) and yet (laughs) but you know these uh you know these opportunities come up so so just being able to kind of um impart that on younger people um has always kind of felt like something i've but i enjoy doing yeah i don't know if i'm good at it but it's something i like doing and that's something that i feel called to do in that regard so even if i'm not the best or most successful scientists that come discover something that changes the world. Obviously that's a passion as well, but if how I approach now is can, you know, my, the, the trainees in my lab, you know, can I enable them to go do great things? Or, right. Right. I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's, maybe the closest thing to calling that I have You know, music. I've always want to play music, but it's been in different It's been in different uh Expressions, yeah. Know, whether it's in worship, which is maybe um, it's a way to to be involved in a church and really plug in and form relationships with people yeah. that I care about, um, and really be encouraged by people, you know, in, in those environments, and and then also a way to connect to God, you know, as yeah. well. And that could also be on the Casba stage. Yeah, it's not necessarily just in a, a church environment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean. I'm, if,
0: if I'm drawing anything out of out of this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in some ways, uh, a, a more what seems like a more overarching calling, if we could even call it that, that, huh? yeah, yeah. uh, is uh, is a call to relate. You know, you have yeah. a call to help in like in sort of the flourishing of others, and and you yourself flourish as a result of that. You know, there's there is some, even though it's not maybe baked in at the beginning, there's a, a, a reciprocation that comes from that you know it's it's an input output uh like i think you even said yin and yang earlier here i mean there's two sides uh that are feeding into each other sort of in perpetuity uh with the ways in which you give of yourself into a thing that you're passionate about whether Mm -hmm. that is collaborative musical endeavors being a you know a professor uh, a, a dad a husband and then in you are also sort of, I think, fed by those sort of relational opportunities. And I think, um, yeah, I think we encounter something beyond ourselves Mm -hmm. in in spaces like that and, you know, call that what you will. Um, There's definitely something profound, I think, about that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, next mm-hmm. I wanted to ask about um what it's like to be faithful to both uh helping others continue to flourish in these different spaces we've sort of pointed to uh and at the same time, you know, experience the fulfillment that you've sort of talked about and the things that are sort of essential to your own uh, sense of uh fulfilling call and and your well-being and <clears throat> your own sort of flourishing. Mm-hmm. Um not just balancing those two things, but how do you see those things like uh, continuing into the future in in lieu of or uh, alongside of the particular things you're working on right now? And what are some of those things? Maybe you can tease those out for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, in terms of being fulfilled, um, I I think I'm I'm very lucky that I have a lot of things that that do that. You know, every single day. You know, I think a small example is coming home from work and hearing my daughter just be like daddy and comes yeah. down you know that's like something that's you know she's only two years old so it's only been like two years of my life and I've had that mm-hmm. and that's talk about fulfilling I mean that's it's awesome just to be able to to breathe happiness into her or just mm-hmm. to feel her happiness and mm-hmm. and see the whole family together yeah so that's that's just like a small little thing that happens Daily, that's yeah. that's uh, very life breathing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like one hat that I love to wear. Wear that's like a new hat that I'm wearing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then just be, being a husband and figuring out how to be a, a parent with with my wife and yeah. going through that journey has been
0: collaborative calling. I mean, getting yes. back to sort of your your sort of like enjoyment of collaboration mm-hmm. and, and being connected to people. You get to do that on such an intimate level as a co-parent, essentially. Yeah,
1: so it's like stepping into these collaborations that's at home, but then, you know, at, at work, you know, I have a laboratory where we collaborate with, for instance, a private foundation, so we're trying to... Uh, trying to f- discover a cure for this rare genetic d- disease. Just, um, just trying to discover. I mean, no, no big deal. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's it's,
0: it's just it's, fixing humanity. No, cool. <laughs> no, it's
1: it's a, it's, it's I'm excited about that because we have many projects in the lab, but that's like the true tr- translational uh, project where we're actually just literally looking for drugs that. Or agents that we can use to help these these kids that are born with this rare bone disease it's about one in 50,000 kids are born with it and uh, they get these bone tumors that are really painful and unfortunately there's there's no FDA approved therapies besides routine surgeries so these kids have like 25 surgeries before they're 20 years old oh my goodness and really painful and uh, so our passion in the lab is to try to identify a novel drug to help them. So that's something I'm really passionate about and, and uh, it's a daily kind of th- grind that we're trying to, to do this, but it's something that really propels me in science is to is not only discovering things, but can we can we find things that can help actually help people tangibly? Yeah, and,
2: yeah,
0: sometimes people really, I mean, I, I, I think I know this to be true for you. Uh, like in terms of it's, it's, you don't, this is not a, a, a a point of tension for you particularly, but sometimes, uh, and historically we hear about a dichotomy between sort of a life of faith and a life in sort of the sciences Mm, or like there's, there's this sort of false dichotomy that gets, you know, brought up and, um, I don't know that, again, I don't know that it's even worth delving too much into that because it doesn't strike me that you've had that sort of experience, but where do you, yeah, as you experience like being faithful to what you sort of articulated as this larger calling, um, how do you, how do you negotiate some of the, maybe it might just be outside voices, you know, that sort of speak to your participation in science or something like that? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, that's something that's talked about a lot and, uh, for me personally, I think being in science has only strengthened my view that God exists and that mm. this world that we're living in is just truly amazing and His uh, handiwork. You know, honestly, that's what I—that's uh, what I see when, I, when we look at cells in the lab and we're manipulating their genome genomes and we're learning how the all these mechanisms in the cell work. It just blows my mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, it just causes me to look up even more yeah you know? and uh i know that probably not all scientists have that view but there are some of us Sure. You know, the sure. lab actually across the way from me at ej he's a, he's a christian as well so mm. um i'll just say that you know it's, it's not you can coexist as a scientist and someone that believes that, that god exists you yeah know? And, yeah uh, so that's how it kind of for me just seeing the natural world which I get to look at every day now you know it's just blows me away and kind of expands upon that and strengthens you know my my role in that world you know and, and it makes me feel like I'm I'm doing something that can not only help people medically or whatever but right also just learning about how the how our world or how our bodies and cells work just kind of it kind of it kind of just jumps it expands upon each other, you know? sure. Uh, and
0: it's and it's not to and not not to detour from sort of the overarching uh, uh, theme of our conversation, but it's uh, you're also not. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about sort of our own sort of positions and or we're, we're kind of where we're at and in our journeys and stuff before this, and mm-hmm. it's like you're not adopting a position of some sort of like apologist, you know, no. in, yeah. in the in the space of the world of science i i i really i think kind of like my my biases showing here i appreciate that that that's not even something that like is like factoring for you just sort of continue to do you you have this very like it it strikes me that you have this very like generous and generative spirit in in that space and like you said you can have these sort of like appreciations and at the same time uh it's not it doesn't become like a You don't continue to perpetuate the dichotomy that exists. Yeah. It 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 flattens itself because of the way you live into your sort of like sense of calling. Yeah. It sounds
1: like kind of I think you we had talked about it before, the the whole mystery of it all. And I think I'm sitting here and working in the sciences and stuff and I can't tell you that I know more about it than anyone else, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when I say that these kind of things just caused me to have a stronger belief in god it doesn't mean that i know how to explain everything yeah, yeah, yeah. about god or about how the world works but it, it just i think the wonder and the mystery really are attractive to me and it, it kind of propels me i think hmm. um in, in in science and in that kind of discovery realm yeah and uh, that's kind of what drives me i think and and yeah, it probably has created more questions than answers sometimes as well. But I'm okay with that. I think as I've gotten older, um, I think it's okay to to not know. I think a lot of times we're, we're we grow up being told of this is how it is. Yeah, uh, and I understand from a child perspective that sometimes that's what we need. You know, mm. but I think as we've as i've gone out into the world and realized what is out there in the world yeah yeah it's not all good but it's also it opens your mind to to say that we don't know everything you know and yeah. but hey we're going to we're going to go try to to see what we can learn you know and i think taking that inquisitive
2: hmm.
1: look at the world and at your life i think is really helpful um, i think for me yeah just not knowing I can't stand here and just say that I know everything it's like I'm still on this journey of figuring that out you know and that goes with for many things of also learning how to balance all these different hats of life right right I right. definitely don't know yeah you know, I think I think a big gap currently in life is just, uh, you yeah, know, I came from this big community in San Diego and it's shrunk a lot. Luckily, I have some uh, yeah. <laughs> a solid crew here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's been a, a tough thing for me, you know. And I've right. kind of got a lot of life life breathing from a group of friends and family that yeah. were, we're kind of always there, you know. So right. I think that this new chapter in life has been stretching in that way. And sure. It's, and it's, it, it you know, you kind of it molds you and pushes you into new directions. You Cause know. you've
0: been in Athens only for a little over a year now. Yep. Right. And so this has not by any means been your hub for any length of time. You, like you said, so much of the the relational aspect of your life that is so kind of essential to like your, uh, one, your own thriving, but your participation and calling, yeah. Um uh, uh, that, that changed, that dynamic changed and you know? I, I certainly can relate to that in mm-hmm. some ways uh, but at the same time, yeah, it can't be overstated just how much of like a curveball that can be uh, yes. in life but but an interesting opportunity and I love what you said there just about like this, uh, uh, adopting this like really inquisitive uh, position, you know what I mean? It, it's very, it, in some ways, it's a very scientific thing to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, it's and true, yet true. And yet at the same time, like what a great thing to transpose into the way that like we, um, there's, there's no pre presumptions or presuppositions about like where you're going in, in the last interview I was able to conduct with, uh, Julius Oberg jr. We, the metaphor of having a, you know, you're just, you're, you're, you got the flashlight in a dark cave or something like that. You can see a little bit and you just kind of keep taking a step forward and someone might be there with you. And it's cool to do that with people as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you're in a position to like. To, to, to want to forge forward, and I think that's very um, admirable and something I think we can all sort of learn from, um, wanting to learn and not having a sense of, even though so many things in your life, like you said, are definitive is not the right word, but you have a lot of things going on that have shape, yeah. that have, uh, uh, you can kind of wrap your head around what they are and what, what you're being asked to do in the, that, th- those instances. And yet, at the same time, to even approach those sort of certain things mm-hmm. with this spirit of inquisit, like of inquisitivity—is that yeah. the right word? Inquisitive- I think so. I inquisitiveness. Think uh, <laughs> yeah. To to approach it like that, it's such like an interesting uh, take on what it is to be called. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if yeah. maybe we might say and it's the call to be inquisitive. Yeah,
1: I and I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of things that happen in life—at least in my life uh, it's like these little doors crack open and, and they're kind of like, Hey, you want to come? Yeah, here's this, here's this opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe the inquisitiveness comes into that too. You know, a lot of, you know, looking back at these different decisions that I've made mm. through life or that have presented themselves without me, ever even thinking that they would present themselves, but stepping into that with faith or with uh, inquisitiveness, uh, has been yeah, it's been a major blessing I think for me thinking back now, and it's pushed me to do to to new places that I never thought were possible. So yeah, yeah. You know, somehow I'm now a professor when <laughs> I was thinking about dropping out of grad school and yeah, you know, maybe like eight years ago. Yeah, you know, wow. With the band stuff, you know, so, yeah. So But then things happened in life at that time mm-hmm. that really kind of pulled the rug out and said what do you want to do or, you know who really are you mm-hmm. and so there's been those moments in my life that have kind of been like hey here's an opportunity what are you going to do with it and all you can do is make some decision and then and you just do your best with that you know so that's, yeah, that's, that's kind important. of that's really important you know, so that's kind of how I've approached it so you know like I'm just thinking like when I'm like 70 and someone's like how'd you how'd you do you know end up where you're at yeah, yeah. like well, it was a crazy path, and, you know, <laughs> and I think about how many people I've asked about that, and that's sure. been the same answer. Yeah, and so it's um, it's it is just kind of you know, taking hold of those opportunities, and and also just realizing how blessed you are, you know, with the life that you do have. You yeah, know? I'm reminded of uh, Eugene
0: Peterson's message paraphrase of the Beatitudes, um, and uh, when when in other translations the text often starts blessed are those who and and i think culturally we have a sense of what blessing is or at least we've sort of inherited the hashtag blessed you know we have yeah, we have a know. sense of what blessing means I, I love how eugene peterson kind of talks about blessing he says you're blessed when and then he says all this kind of stuff that sucks you know what mm-hmm. what I mean? it's like you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope you know because then you, that's when you know how much you need god you know mm-hmm. you're blessed mm-hmm. when and it's all these things that are sort of like uh uh, i can't think of the literary term josh can probably help me out and write it in. Yeah. <laughs> but like there like it's it's these things that are, like are are uh, antithetical necessarily like to, to like to to what we think of as being like blessing as receiving gifts mm. you know what i mean Where yep. yep. like maybe or it, it redefines even what a gift is yeah and that's true. and i think you're you you position yourself to receive a gift that is an opportunity which may come with challenge oh, it may yeah. come with yeah. juggling and may come with you know like we talk about the demands of being in the lab all the time yeah. It it pulls on the ability for you know we're trying to do this you know different musical projects now we're like yeah. we're so flabbergasted we're in the same city we're like oh gosh we got a jam <laughs> and yeah. it's like I and know. yet like and finding time to do that with our schedules is, is more challenging than we could have thought maybe in advance no, but it's a but, but but that's this experience of that kind of blessing I think mm-hmm. Eugene Peterson Reminds us of in his paraphrase of, of that of that text. You're blessed when you know yeah. it's like it's in that struggle. It's in that opportunity. It's in that inquisitive position to say, I wonder what I can learn from this. Mm-hmm. You know that we like that we really truly grow yep. and we really truly walk into what it is to be called.
1: Instead of like a woe is me kind of thing, it's and it, there could be a downtime, but it's, then it's how, how do you how do you get move forward or out of it yeah. You know? but I think that's a great point that yeah you're blessed to be on um, in the down low and, yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes that is the blessing Yeah, you know, for me the, the low part of my life uh, is when I met what my now wife you know is when I decided I'm going to finish this PhD 100% you know? Yeah, know and then you know things follow from that you know but it doesn't mean that the challenges were done but Right, right, but it's but it's true, yeah.
0: I think it calibrates us more to like when when we can sort of accept that or walk into that. It calibrates us more for the future that is inevitably full of challenges. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm preaching to myself right now. In some ways, it's like I think I needed to hear that. (laughs) So I definitely appreciate you drawing that out. I mean, that's that's so cool. Um, With that, I guess uh, uh, as we sort of wrap things up. What are some things uh, moving into the future, uh, whether it's in your lab or in creative endeavors that you're a part of, that you're excited or you, uh, you think listeners should be, you know, on the lookout for, whether <laughs> oh, in yeah. Scientific American journal <laughs> or on their iTunes uh, or if no one has iTunes anymore and their Spotify
1: playlists. Yeah, what, yeah, I mean? what, yeah.
0: what should we be? Uh, what should we be uh, attuned to?
2: Yeah. Inquisitive about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There
1: you go. Well, I think yeah, as I mentioned, I think. It, the a big goal is to uh you know discover a, a new treatment for the this rare genetic disorder we're kind of expanding it to other diseases as well so i'm really excited about the translational side of the lab Yeah, you know? and mm. and uh, in terms of being a professor I'm, I'm you know as i look forward i think again it'd be cool to get in a role where i can really help maybe all the graduate students in my program as a whole so it's uh, something like in a leadership position. Position would be cool to be able to impact, yeah, uh, the livelihood or the, uh, just the experience of mm. people. Yeah, having been through it myself and had a lot of ups and downs through. It'd be cool to impart that in a more general sense. But what's cool on, um, you know, what I'm looking forward to is my students getting their PhDs. So giving that first PhD out yeah, will be like an amazing thing. You know, just to see. Because I know how awesome it was for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's the kind of stuff I'm looking forward to in that realm. And um, in terms of music, you know, we'll have our first EP out. <laughs> 20, yeah, twenty twenty-seven. Yeah no no, <laughs> yeah, no, no, so no, far. Um, no, no, soon,
2: soon. Yeah, yeah. You, you
0: heard it here first, folks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Things on the horizon. I'm I'm pretty confident. We have we have done some jamming and we have done some playing and. We know some people, so hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully there's uh, there's something there, and and I'm hoping you know attached to this episode, uh, it's possible that we're gonna be able to uh, feature some of the creative work you've been a part of in the past. Yeah, for sure. um, That you know uh, gives us a little glimpse of that that side of you, that dimension, that part of that uh, aspect of your calling and your and your your. Uh, position in the world and the way that you've approached things so yeah ryan i thank you for taking time to talk to us today and uh, uh, yeah so, thanks for having me yeah thank absolutely you, absolutely and with that foreshadow is an online spiritual literary magazine rooted in the christian faith our website is foreshadowmagazine.com and we are on various social media platforms Please make sure to subscribe to this forecast podcast on whatever platform you are listening to now and be sure to share it through your own social channels. That is the forecast for today.